Mary Osmond once said, The good Lord made us all out of iron. Then he turns up the heat to forge some of us into steel. While this relates really well to our political and social climate, as well as to the current weather phenomenon here in our home state of Washington, the heat only makes us stronger. It's Saturday, June 26, 2021, and today I'm sharing with you the following top stories. The tragic condo collapse in Florida, Trump's return to rallies, update on Derek Chauvin, and what's hiding inside your children's masks. Welcome to Lifering, a podcast where we strive to provide you with a well-rounded review of what is going on in the world between Monday and Friday of this past week. My name is Alex, and this week, uh, joining me is only you, my listener. Glad to have you for another recap of the past week. Man, and what a week it was. All right, so today I'm going solo uh, for this episode, and it's likely to be released later as well. This week has been a tough one. And as I'm recording this, our area here in Washington State is experiencing a historical heat wave. So the temperatures are supposed to reach 113 for the Pacific Northwest, which is unusual to say the least. Now, the problem is that majority of the houses here are not equipped with ACs, so we, we usually don't get this, you know, it doesn't get this hot here, really. But the temperatures going over 100, this might become a problem. So let's make this quick and uh, so that I can go take a dip in the historical otter pond in Big Lake, Washington. <laughs> All right, and here is uh, no COVID briefing today. Now, I'm just shortly going to mention a few things. Uh, for example, Biden's goal, vaccinated 70% of the population is not met. Uh, 60% had at least one dose so far, uh, while the fully vaccinated number is still hanging in the low 50s, actually currently at 54%. Now, I've been to the beach and it's packed. I mean, no one is wearing masks anymore. Uh, Delta variant, however, is on the loose. We don't know where it is, but it's out there somewhere, according to CDC. And that's all for the shortest COVID briefing we've ever had. Stay healthy. All right. On a more serious note, if you've looked at the episode length already, you'll realize that it's this one is short. And I'm only doing four stories and kind of combining them into this one major monologue. So here we go. First up is a painful story that shocked the nation this Thursday. Here's the scoop according to NBC News. Uh, quote, a high-rise condo building partially collapsed near Miami Beach early Thursday, leaving at least four people dead and 11 in injured. Rescuers continue to search through the debris of 12-story building in Surfside, a town in Florida's Miami-Dade County, for any survivors Friday morning, and we're not giving up, officials said, end quote. If you haven't seen the video, go check it out. I know that people hope and pray and miracles do happen, but in this case, it just looks disastrous. It's horrible. We're talking about 55 apartments collapsing. Now, the other half of the building, or more like a two-thirds of the building, they're still standing, but the rest of what, you know, 12 stories are all down to the ground. Now, the New York Times uh, went on to say, quote, No survivors have been pulled from the wreckage of the Chaplin South Towers in Surfside, Florida, since Thursday, the day 
that half of the 13-story building collapsed. More than 300 emergency personnel, including teams from Israel and Mexico, are working around the clock, and the Army Corps of Engineers have been called in. Now, they're using sniffer dogs, listening devices, but so far they say only uh, sounds of metal and falling debris has been detected. And it's, it's really a gigantic effort, which I think is a, appropriate for this situation. Now, New York Times went on to say, this is the largest deployment of task force resources in the state of Florida that's not a hurricane. Jimmy Patronis, uh, the state's chief financial officer and the fire marshal, said in a news conference earlier on Monday. The same amount of rescuers are on the ground, he said, as there were during Hurricane Michael, a Category 5 hurricane that struck Florida in 2018. Now, you might be wondering, uh, you know, what caused the collapse? Uh, from what I've seen in the articles, it's really unknown at this point. I did learn that under the Florida law, according to BBC, buildings must be inspected every 40 years. And this Chaplin Towers complex has stood since 1980s. So the inspectors were about to start this whole recertification process. Now, one engineer was reporting that from 2018, the concrete foundation has suffered some serious damage. So they've done a report and they said that it should be replaced in, quote, in timely fashion, end quote, at least according to this report. But nothing has been done so far. And so the inspectors were, you know, ready to start the recertification process this year. Oh, and here's another contributing factor, possibly. Uh, so I'm quoting from BBC article. A study published last year by researchers at Florida International University found that the building had been sinking at a rate of 2 millimeters per year in 1990s, which may have affected it structurally. So that's, that's the scoop on that story. Uh, there's, it's, it's still ongoing and developing. We'll see what happens of it as uh, this next week comes in. And as they continue to search, we pray for the families of those who lost their loved ones. May God console them in these difficult times and may God protect the rescue workers. Maybe there is a miracle yet to be seen. <music> Moving on to the next story. Trump just had his first rally since January 6th. Uh, today in the evening as he addressed a crowd in Ohio. Now, according to CBS News, the rally on Saturday night marked the start of a more public phase of his life after the White House, and he declared the event the first rally of the 2020 election. Majority of his speech was him pointing out the previously stated unresolved questions about the 2020 election. Uh, as you know or might have heard recently, the Michigan GOP-led committee found apparently no systemic, well, let me quote what exactly this Republican-led Senate committee in Michigan said, Quote, no evidence of widespread or systemic fraud in Michigan's prosecution of the 2020 election. Right. So that's kind of what they came to. So naturally, they came under fire by Donald Trump. While the guys, for example, in Maricopa County, who finally finished counting the ballots yesterday, they got praised for their efforts. Now, here's a clip that will give you a pretty good idea what it sounded like, what Trump's rally and his speech sounded like. If you missed his voice, here it is. But the schools, when you take a look at schools and you look at all of the things that happen, left-wing indoctrination camps, critical race theory is being forced 
on our military. Gas prices are spiking, inflation is skyrocketing, and China, Russia, and Iran are humiliating our country. Joe Biden is destroying our nation right before our very own eyes. The number one priority for everyone who wants to save America is to pour every single ounce of energy you have into winning a gigantic victory in the midterms and in 2024. Together, we will send Joe Biden and the fake news media. There's a lot of people back there. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Do you miss me? They miss me. They miss me. I know. They look at their bad ratings and they're saying, we miss this guy. I said it was going to happen. I was waiting for them to endorse me, actually. I know that was a big step, but they're going down the tubes. Their numbers are very bad. But together, we will send Biden and the media and all of the people that are so bad to our country, big tech tyrants, a message they cannot ever censor, cancel, or ignore. We will take back the House, we will take back the Senate, and we will take back America, and we will do it soon. There is no more dire threat today than the crisis on our southern border. By the way, speaking of south border, you know who decided to go there? Apparently after Trump announced that he's heading over there. Yes, the vice president Kamala Harris. So we'll see how that goes. Meanwhile, it looks like interest in Trump has not dwindled. And this guy is back in business and opening up a new season, apparently with more to come. Now, this third story is the news of Derek Chauvin's trial verdict. The police officer who was charged with three counts of murder of George Floyd last summer, uh, he is sentenced only for one count of second-degree murder with a jail sentence of 22 and a half years. And so apparently the prosecutors wanted 30 years. The state guidelines were pushing somewhere to 12.5 or 12 and a half years. And he got 22 and a half. Now, this satisfies the justice and brings down the peace for those who chanted no justice, no peace, at least for now. And there were no protests. So Derek Chauvin did offer condolences to the family very briefly and without much emotion. Now, this, of course, did not go well with the Floyd family and with the media. And I mean, I get it. It's it's a tough situation. He, he is currently 45 years old and he's been a Minneapolis cop for 19 years now. He'll spend about the same time in jail. And by the time he's out, he would be 67 years of age. But there's something more, a kind of cryptic message maybe. And with this, I'll end this story. Here's the full audio of his sentencing speech, if you will. Uh, Mr. Chauvin, this is your opportunity, if you wish, to uh, give any input to the court. And so I turn it over to you and your attorney. Thank you, Your Honor. Um, at this time, due to some additional legal matters at hand, I'm not able to give a full formal statement at this time. 
Um, but very briefly, though, I uh, do want to give my condolences to the Floyd family. Um, there's going to be some other information in the future that would be of interest. And uh, I hope things will give you some some peace of mind. Thank you. Now, the Washington Post goes on to comment, quote, It's unclear what he's talking about. Prosecutors had no idea. Nelson, that's his attorney, declined to elaborate. If exculpatory evidence existed, the defense could have presented such information at trial, end quote. Now, is there more to the story? Kind of sounds like it. I guess we might find out soon. All right, so for this fourth story, I would like to share something that's actually from last week, but I feel like it's important to reiterate as we're kind of still in this. So there's a group of parents who are concerned for their children's health. Isn't that a surprise? Well, not really, because you would say all parents are concerned for their children's health, and yet most don't question the fact that even surgeons and medical professionals wouldn't typically wear a mask all day long even if it's a long surgery. So the recommendation for surgeons stands that they should change the mask after each operation, especially those beyond two hours. But even then, kids are not surgeons, and yet they spend unbelievable amount of time in masks in schools. Some actually grown to like masks, you know, being masked all the time, which is a separate psychological problem that I won't address. But anyways, here, here's what these parents have done. According to Christianity Daily, I quote, Due to concerns about the potential risks masks bring to school children who wear them throughout the school day, a group of Florida parents submitted their children's face coverings to a laboratory for examination. Recently, it was found that face masks really capture a wide variety of bacteria, many of which are dangerous pathogens, according to researchers. End quote. So, the parents sent in like six masks that have been used by their children and they wanted the University of Florida to do a lab test on them just to see what the children are breathing in. So here's what they came back with. Half of the masks were contaminated with one or more strains of pneumonia-causing bacteria. One third were contaminated with one or more strains of meningitis-causing bacteria, reported the Alchua County Chronicle, a local news site. They went on to say one-third were contaminated with dangerous antibiotic-resistant bacterial pathogens. In addition, less dangerous pathogens were identified, including pathogens that can cause fever, ulcers, acne, yeast infections, strep throat, periodontal disease, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, and more. End quote. Now, I say that's quite a mix. So if your kid is wearing masks to school still, Consider the amount of harmful pathogens they're coming in contact with. Now, this article by Christianity Daily goes on to mention, quote, The masks examined were new or freshly washed before being worn for five to eight hours by youngsters ranging in age from six to 11. One of them was worn by a grown-up. Controls included t-shirt worn by, by the youngsters, at school, and masks that had not been worn. The controls were determined to be free of pathogens. So there you have it. Legit test, real results. Main point, stay away from masks if you're not a surgeon. And if you want to protect yourself from a virus, 
use N95 masks. And in general, stay away from people that will definitely keep the virus away. All right, here's our lightning round for today. Let's take a look at some of the stories uh, that I don't have the time because of this heat to research uh, more in depth. So Canada continues with its restrictions. Now, they did say, according to Yahoo Sports, that on Monday would start cautiously lifting border restrictions for fully vaccinated citizens on July 5th, but made it clear that it could be months before U.S. and other foreign travelers could enter the country. Now, they're continuing with a bunch of their restrictions, um, and Canadian citizens are still under a lockdown. They also mentioned that most likely won't be lifted until 75% of Canadians have been fully vaccinated. Apparently, only 147 of eligible Canadians have had the shots of a two-dose COVID-19 vaccine as of June 18, according to official data. So you can see that they are going to be closed for quite a while. Now, as I was scrolling through headlines, one of the other one I found is a headline from Daily Wire. Greg Abbott defunds Texas legislature after Democrats stage walkout and block the election reforms. So a few weeks ago, we covered the story that they just walked out. Uh, the Democrats walked out in Texas, uh, you know, instead of uh, voting or trying to, you know, figure out what to do with this bill that that they did not like. Well, interestingly enough, Texas Governor Greg Abbott vetoed funding for the state legislature on Friday, carrying out a threat that he had made last month after Democrats staged this walkout. So his main point is, quote, Texans don't run from a legislative fight and they don't walk away from unfinished business. That's what he said in a statement on Friday. He went on to say funding should not be provided for those who quit their job early, leaving their state with unfinished business and exposing taxpayers to higher costs for an additional legislative session. I therefore object to and disapprove these appropriations. So whether it's legal or not, the Democrats are planning to fight back, but for now they're defunded. And I think that's that's a strong message. You either do your job or just get a different job if you can't handle the you know the, the pressure. So according to Wall Street Journal, uh, Afghan government could collapse six months after the U.S. withdrawal. That's according to the new intelligence assessment. It looks like the Taliban is sweeping through the northern Afghanistan as of last week, and they take over a bunch of uh, districts and major cities. The uh, Wall Street Journal says that Quote, Afghan security forces frequently surrendered without a fight, leaving their Humvees and other American-supplied equipment to the insurgents. So this is a problem that the world is going to continue to watch as America pulls out its troop, ho- troops. You know, we're going to see how much really is the situation going to change for Afghanistan. Now, we know that uh, approximately 3,500 troops were stationed there and... At this point, more than half is withdrawn. And so the rest is due to be out by September 11. We'll see how that goes. Now, in a world of economy, there are a few interesting headlines. So, for example, American Airlines will be canceling hundreds of flights through mid-July. 
because of labor shortages. They don't have enough staff, and so they're just randomly going to be canceling a bunch of flights. The lumber bubble finally burst, according to Forbes. Uh, The prices apparently dropped uh, 27% since May, which is when they were at their highest, and are now on their way down, which is a good sign, I think, for the construction business and, well, good sign for the economy in general. And the reason behind it is pretty simple, actually, because the prices went up so high that a lot of people um, stopped buying. And so the demand, I guess, increased for cheaper lumber. And so now as the lumber mills are ramping up their production, uh, the price went down. Another interesting thing to notice this week is that Amazon Prime Day, which usually drives a ton of sales, this year probably um, didn't go so well. At least there wasn't as much attention for it because in their reports they um, refrained from using the words like biggest day ever, largest shopping event in in Amazon history. Basically all of that wording was absent from their report. Well, and on top of that, they didn't disclose their uh, total for Prime Day sales, unlike last year. Now, in crypto world, as you've noticed, crypto has been falling pretty badly. Uh, Bitcoin dropped below 30,000 after China uh, released a statement that it's going to continue its crackdown on uh, Bitcoin mining. Also, Ethereum uh, was down and so was uh, Dogecoin. It kind of seems like it's a result of uh, Bitcoin specifically. Bitcoin seems to affect all the other crypto. It could be also because it's summer and maybe things will pick up as we go into the fall and winter months. This other headline that I saw was uh, about a premature baby that was given zero odds of survival and actually celebrated its first year this week. This baby, um, his name's Richard. He was born at the gestational age of 21 weeks and two days, making him 131 days premature. The standard gestational period for a baby is 40 weeks, according to Guinness World Records. And they say that this 131 days is record. Previously, there was, I think, a 128 days premature Uh, birth record. Anyways, it's interesting to see that at 21 weeks, two days, a tiny baby that was given zero odds of surviving has survived and is thriving right now. He's a big boy. Um, I'm looking at a picture here where he's with his parents. He's active, alert. And yet in this country, we continue to abort babies. We continue to abort those who are separated from this world just by the membrane of their mother's tummy, if you will. And yet they're they're a full human inside. And the society continues to destroy babies without acknowledging the precious lives that are being lost with every abortion. Now, there were a few tragic events. Uh, What I'm seeing at the top is the tropical storm Claudette as it barreled through Alabama. It took uh, 14 lives in total, according to Associated Press, before it rolled through the Carolinas and headed out to sea, where it was expected to dissipate. 
Now I'm reading here that a 24-year-old man and a 3-year-old boy were killed Saturday when a tree fell on their house just outside Tuscaloosa. And a 23-year-old woman from Port Payne, southeast of Huntsville, died after her car ran off the road into a swollen creek, authorities said. Now, there was also this van that was carrying children ages 4 to 17 who were being cared for at the ranch, which is operated by Alabama Sheriff's Association. And they take in abused and neglected children, including foster children. They were heading back towards the ranch, and apparently they, the van hydroplaned and crashed and erupted in flames. And uh, two of the director's children and two guests were among the 10 people killed in that fiery crash on that rainy highway in Alabama. Now, Windows has a major release of its OS. I'm talking about the Microsoft Windows. The last one, the last update that they've done was in 2015. So this one feels like it's overdue. Here's what they say on their website. Get a fresh perspective. Windows 11 provides a calm and creative space where you can pursue your passions through a fresh experience. From a rejuvenated start menu to new ways to connect to your favorite people, news, games, and content, Windows 11 is the place to think, express, and create in a natural way. And I'll tell you what, I was looking at the user interface that they created, and man, does it keep looking more and more like Apple with every release they do. You don't believe me? Go check it out, Windows 11. Tell me that doesn't look aesthetically like Apple. Now, this other story was about AI. So AI getting involved with painting. So there was this painting by Rembrandt. It's called The Night's Watch. And it's basically, in, in, in 1715, it was transferred from one place to another. And it was just this huge, massive painting, but it wouldn't fit on the wall. So instead, what they ended up doing in 1775 is they chopped off a bit of the outside of the painting, if you will. Uh, didn't really have a ton of detail there, but, you know, it was part of the original. And so it's been nearly 300 years, and they wanted to reconstruct those corners or those little chopped-off pieces, edges. And they didn't want to just Photoshop it because then it would not be Rembrandt, right? So instead, they taught AI his style so that then AI could recreate those portions. And it looks like they spent a couple of million dollars restoring this whole thing so now it's restored and you can go check it out it's called the night watch by rembrandt well and that's it for the lightning round stories for this week well that's it for this episode as we deal with this washington heat you go ahead and enjoy whatever weather you have outside i'm really glad you've joined me for another episode of life ring please consider following life ring on your favorite social media platform Also consider sharing it with a friend or family member that would benefit from a weekly overview of the current events from a conservative, Christian perspective. And as always, I would like to remind you that there is no better news on any given day than the good news of Jesus Christ. He died for the sins of the world so that everyone, you, me, and anyone else who comes to him would be saved. I encourage you to seek him if you haven't already. Thank you for listening to Life Ring, and I'll see you next week.